0: I wanna share this morning about narrow passage, spacious place. You ever just feel like the walls are closing in on you? Crushing responsibilities and just too much to do? Maybe you battle depression or anxiety that you just sort of hide with a smile. For me, oftentimes there's interrelated questions that I just can't come up with answers for we have health concerns, we have financial challenges that words like discouraging are just too mild to really begin to describe. You know, King David described a transition from this state of being hard-pressed to a spacious place of wide views and fresh air to breathe. He writes this in Psalm 118. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord, he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, he brought me into a spacious place. I love the sound of spacious place, but its opposite sounds terrible. Words like confined, like a naughty puppy to its crate, or cramped. No one ever wrote a vacation blog that just celebrated, oh, we were um, just so happy that when we walked into our hotel room, it was just so cramped. Narrow, can barely squeeze through something. Tight, like like a middle-aged dad trying to wear skinny jeans, or restricted, our least favorite word of this COVID-19 epidemic, where just old and brand new restrictions seem to be taking over our lives. What is confining your joy? It could be loneliness or, or loss you've experienced. What's cramping your style? too many unknowns too many questions is is money tight right now does the life feel compressed and restricted no new adventures no new opportunities you know it's been such a befuddling year for us all in our families and our homes in our jobs and businesses and for our life together as a church and to compound this the question of being a church during covid-19 That itself is such a difficult daily question. God happened to have us here at the garden halfway through a a once-in-a-generation building project. Now, it's a miracle that we have gotten as far as we have. You know, there were years of hope and prayer that went into even just acquiring the city block adjacent to what we had had. And there were so many obstacles, and have been so many challenges to work through to get to this halfway point. But, but we have the shell of the new building um, constructed. We have uh, uh, just the block next to us fully acquired. And, and to date, in our campus expansion, we have invested in acquisition, improvements, and construction $3.4 million, out of which million came through your donations. Our our church here stepped up with this amount. $700,000 of that came through the sale of the previous generation's property at 2010 O Street, and uh, 1.25 million was made available to us through private loans. That is a miracle. And we celebrate that miracle, and we rejoice in what God has done. But literally, since February, once the shell of the new building was created, we have been negotiating daily with the city to get the permit for the build-out plans. And as soon as we began this process, COVID-19 hit, numbers of government offices shut down or slowed down, and then we have had just unusual difficulties and issues that have been raised to the degree that when we describe to people the amount of negotiation and redoing of plans that we've been through, they say, it sounds to me like you're in spiritual warfare, and we actually believe that is true. We also have been unable to fully develop a clear strategy to finance the approximate 2.1 million that is needed to actually do the build out. And so in this time, it has been so narrow, so challenging, so constricted, as we actually have come this far, which is a miracle, but going on, we don't have plans or finances to really make the progress that we know God has called us to. It's a narrow place for us right now. But it is not an unprecedented place. In fact, it is one of the most biblical places that you can experience on your way to a spacious place, because God uses the narrowing of life, the narrow passages of life, to actually prepare what he has for us to become a reality. We love that scripture that uh, is in the Old Testament and quoted again by the Apostle Paul. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. It hasn't even entered into the the imagination of, of a human being, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But oftentimes, when God has promised us a spacious place, What is taking time is not Him preparing that place for us, but preparing us to fully come into what that spacious place demands. God uses the narrow passage of life to actually prepare us for the spacious place ahead, and, and the children of Israel experienced this. After God returned them from the captivity and the exile, he promised that he would rebuild Jerusalem and he would rebuild the temple. And when God was restoring Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple under Nehemiah, the local leaders of the land, led by a man named Sanballat, they ran every trick in the book, according to Nehemiah 4.8, to fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. To fight against what God was doing in rebuilding and to cause confusion among God's people in the process. Does that sort of describe life for you? Recently, life for us together? Everything seems like a fight. It seems like it's really hard to figure out the right thing to do. And this spirit of sandballot. This spirit that resists the kingdom of God and creates confusion in every way where God desires to build his kingdom in our lives, in our families, in our church, and our community, it remains active today. And there is resistance and even simple decisions are forced to be made in what feels like a cloud of confusion. Are you feeling hard-pressed? And in that, are you feeling uncertain about what to do? You are in a narrow passageway on your way to a spacious place. Because in the time of Nehemiah, God turned the plans of Sanballat and the plans of the enemy in our time, he will turn it into something that actually creates good. And so when everything was so hard pressed, when, when these, um, enemies had come against the work of God in restoring Jerusalem and reestablishing the temple, Nehemiah in that hard-pressed time stood up and he declared to God's people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. In this narrow passage, in this hard-pressed time, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And then now fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. That narrow passage caused something to happen in the community of the people of God. First, they began to be so dependent on God, they began to recall, they had to remember who he was, that he was great and awesome and and far more powerful than any opposition and the other thing that they had to do was get out of their own self-centeredness and stand together and fight for each other for their brothers their sons their daughters their families their homes so church family this is a time in the face of resistance and confusion to God's work in the history of our life together as the garden, for each of us to remember the Lord like we have never before, to praise him and call upon him in prayer, and then also all of us to stand up together and fight for each other as we fight together. God is using the pressure of the current moment to call us to deeper commitment as a community of God, to not only try to care for and defend our own lives, but to build the walls of the city of God side by side together. And it is the narrow place, that hard pressed time, that actually forges a bond in community that God knew they would need to really restore his purpose in Israel. Sometimes when, when we receive things that we are not really ready in our character or in our faith to live into, the, the good things we inherit actually turn out to be a detriment to us because we're not ready for that spacious place. It is the narrow passage that God uses to forge in us the faith and the qualities to actually live in a healthy and dynamic way in the broad future that he has for us. One thing that we see here in the story of Nehemiah and the rebuilding of Jerusalem is the narrow passages force us together. We know we can't make it alone. We start to really need and depend and rely on each other and we pray together, we remember God as one together, and then we fight together, and we fight for each other. That's what we must do in this hour, church family. That's what we must do as a church of Bakersfield, is use this difficult time to actually build deeper bonds as one and forge a deeper unity of faith and heart. The narrow passage is actually where healthy vision comes to birth. I always oftentimes wonder, what if tiny babies in the womb could actually talk? What what would the you know the thought bubble be that we would read there? You know, they, they've been not a lot of room, but they've been cozy, you know, in in, in mom's womb. And um then this pushing, squeezing starts, and and they look at what they're expected to do. Because they've been promised, hey, this womb is great, but but outside there's this amazing, spacious world. You're going to have an amazing life. There's so much to learn and see and experience out there. But the only way to get there is through this narrow birth canal. And I just wonder if if those little, little babies just say, there is absolutely no way that I'm going to go through something that narrow, even though you're promising me at the other end as I swim towards the light that there's going to emerge this amazing world, this spacious place for me to enjoy. But what we know is that the pressure process actually of the birth canal and what that infant experiences actually is a part of preparing them to live in the world they're about to enter and we're thankful for every baby here at the garden and and we celebrate those that uh, have been born by c-section or have been born by uh, into families by adoption but uh, just want to use this as an analogy about what that narrow passageway does one thing that uh, doctors and scientists know is that the pressure upon that baby as it traverses through the birth canal, it actually forces the amniotic fluid to be expelled from the lungs of the baby, and it strengthens the lungs then, and it reduces the risk of adult respiratory issues. So as, as that, that infant leaves the comfort they'd known for the, the nine months in mom's womb, and enters into this narrow passage, into this promised spacious future, that pressure that they're experiencing is actually creating within them the healthy lungs needed for the world that they're about to enter. Another thing happens in this passageway is that in passing through the birth canal, the baby is actually exposed to certain microbacteria that are naturally present there. And that sounds sort of negative but it actually builds the immune system for life out in the world. And this is the research of Dr. Mario Dominguez-Bello published in an article, in Nature Medicine, that has really discovered the importance of, um, for the immune system of that natural birth process, even though that is through a very narrow passageway on the way to a spacious place. In your life, and in mind times that feel like a very narrow passage they're actually preparing us to have the full lung capacity and they're strengthening our immunity for the spacious place god is giving birth to in our lives the narrow passage is growing faith character the ability to be healthy in that new and spacious place and and as I talked about earlier, sometimes that, that hard-pressed place, that compressed place, that confined place, could be just an experience of loneliness in our life, that maybe we're longing for a life partner, maybe we're longing for, for a deeper level of friendship and community, but right now we're just experiencing what feels like a profound sense of loneliness. But if we will allow God to cause us in that time to experience his love in such a way that the insecurities and the fears and and the the negative relational tendencies that we've had in the past are healed, then when he does bring us into those new relationships in life, we're actually in a healthy place to really grow into that partnership and that community. Maybe we've been longing for promotion and opportunity, but there's still so much of personal ambition left in our heart and not enough dependence on God. When in the pressure of this narrow passageway, God actually humbles our heart because he says, I give grace to the humble. And so he wants us to position ourselves to receive more and more of his goodness and grace, not rely on our own strength and our own success. And so that nourish passageway, it just creates in us that dependence that enables us to fully receive and thrive in the spacious place ahead. I've seen tragically so many people when they receive promotions that they were not really mature in character enough to handle the additional attention or additional responsibility. And actually what was intended to be a promotion came crashing down because of their ambition or pride or the unhealed areas of their heart. When we find ourselves in these places of discomfort, these narrow passages, Allow the Lord to do his work in our life because it really is not that difficult for him to prepare that spacious place ahead for us. Money is not a problem to God. Opportunity is not a problem to God. Even networking our life is not a problem to God, but he is actually preparing us to be prepared to thrive in what he's bringing us into. This is the core principle of the Bible is that narrow passages is what actually multiplies life. We sing a song here called All Hail King Jesus, and we declare in it in the dark, cold tomb where our Lord was laid. Then one miraculous breath and we're forever changed. It was in passing through that dark and cold, the confines of that tomb, that Jesus released his resurrection power that has remade all our lives and has made a new creation. But Jesus explains it this way ahead of time to his disciples. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is John 12, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. God will take us through things that seem to be killing us. But sometimes, what is dying is things that cannot live in the new period that He has prepared our lives for. And in and entrusting in Him in the process of losing what we had once been confident about, what we once had placed our value in, he actually causes that trust and faith to release greater fruitfulness in our life than what we had before, an abundant multiplication of his life through us. That's why Jesus instructed his disciples in Matthew chapter seven, narrow is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, the life of God. And only few find it because we're looking for a wide gate, a spacious place, an easy path into the best things that God has for us. And so we miss understanding. We miss the moments in which he actually is seeking to prepare our life to thrive, in the life that he has for us ahead, because that gate is narrow. And as we walk down that road through that narrow gate, that road is also narrow. It's a narrow passage. Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 17. We are hard-pressed on every side, just like King David, in in that place where we just are hard-pressed, but not crushed. We're in confusion. We're perplexed, just like the attempt of Sanballat against the people of God rebuilding Jerusalem. But we are not in despair, because we understand this. For our light and momentary troubles, this narrow passage of life is achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. The spacious place that we seek, whether partnership and community in the relationships of our life, or fresh opportunities for life and to have a greater impact with our living, or even a new worship center, an expanded campus, it will all be birthed as we trust God and allow the transformation of faith and heart that only occurs in the narrow passage. I pray for us this morning, church family, that we would understand this time. It is not a comfortable time. It is a time of transition. It's a time of discomfort. It's a time of feeling pressed in, of feeling constricted, of feeling like things are not a whole lot of options. There are just narrow moments in life that we would understand that what God is preparing right now is not only our future, but he's preparing us for the future he has. I oftentimes just sort of wish, oh God, money is nothing to you, won't you just write a check? One check, and and, and help us get on with our plans. But, But we can build a building with money, but we cannot cultivate his presence, and his anointing, and the faith for miracles, and signs, and wonders, and the heart for the lost. That is something money cannot buy, but it is that, which going through those, those narrow passages and becoming dependent on God in brand new ways and remembering him and learning to fight all of us as one together, it can produce those things that will fill a building made with hands, with only what the hands of God can do. The same is in our lives, in our personal life in our hearts, our minds, our emotions, what we're trying to develop within ourselves The same is true in our families and in our relationships is sometimes it is really, really hard. But God is saying in the empty tomb of Jesus that that narrow passage is not the final destination of our lives and our hopes, but it is merely a place of transition to the spacious place that he has designed. Church family, let us yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. Let us trust the goodness of God, because he has for those who will call upon him, who will remember his goodness, and who will fight as one, fight together. He has ahead of us what our hearts cannot even imagine in his goodness. If you are listening this morning and and you don't have a relationship with this generous and good and loving and faithful God, he's made it so simple for us to enter this relationship with him. He said admit, take responsibility for dishonoring God and dishonoring ourselves and hurting ourselves and hurting others. We call that repentance. Then believe in the message of his goodness that when Humanity turned away from God. God did not turn away from us, but he walked into the dysfunction and brokenness of our lives. And, and in his son, Jesus took our penalty for our sins that should have separated us for God, from God for eternity, took that on himself so that we could believe in his grace and come into eternal life. And then we commit, because following Jesus is not just a, a momentary, Uh, decision, uh, but it is a lifetime commitment to allow him to truly be not only Savior, but Lord of our life. And then we let other people know by declaring the grace that has saved us. We share that with others, and we also publicly make known our commitment uh, to Jesus by being baptized in water as a celebration with our church family. So Garden Family, let's pray this morning and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, help our our hearts to understand that when we are hard pressed, it is not the end of the story. When we are feeling confined, Lord, when we things just seem so constricted and so tight and so narrow, Lord, that you are forming within us, you are preparing us, Lord, for the spacious place that's ahead. And for those, Lord, whose hope is struggling, Father, just give them hope. Let their eyes see the promise of, of, that you make to their life for what is ahead and let their hearts understand in faith what you're doing in this current time to get us there. And Lord, complete everything that you've began in our lives and shaping us to be more like Jesus in helping us become a community that reflects your love and impacting, Lord, Uh, this city, and the nations of the world, complete in us the work that you began. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church family. Thank you for joining us this morning.